Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. This is Reagan, and today we have a very special episode and a special new theme song. And I have the two brilliant people who are behind this song, which is Tara Lynn Fister and Sarah Spicer. So, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> and we are actually going to cut to your beautiful work, and then I will catch you on the flip side of this song. So here is the new theme song for the F the Nice Guy podcast. A one, a two, a one, two. He's a nice guy, what a nice guy, till he's screaming in your face. And he's a nice guy, such a nice guy, but he'll put you in your place. And he's a nice guy, what a nice guy. Till he gets caught He's a nice guy Such a nice guy Until he's not F the nice guy Alright, I hope you all enjoyed that song as much as I did. I was literally stunned and so shocked at how amazing, how talented you guys are. I sent you like some lyrics. You're like, oh, let me just make the most killer theme song I've ever heard. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's a familiar subject for a lot of us, so we were able to channel everyone's spirit for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so real. Now, you both are Nashville recording artists, so I know you have dealt with many, probably men in the audience, (laughs) men in bands, men in the, the recording. Like, I can't even imagine how many nice guys you all have dealt with in your time. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Too many. I was trying to think of it coming up to this podcast. I'm like, oh, what story do I want to tell? And it was like, just the the amounts that go through your head. It's like, I didn't, I didn't really ever, I haven't kept track of the numbers. But it was like, one of those like, man, there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> it's so bad. But I was just, when I started this podcast, I was like, gosh, I might run out of material. And then every time I got here, there's like, oh, that reminds me of this. So backstory, Tara and I went to high school together. Yeah, I love that. Holler. Uh, we don't need to holler at that school. No, we don't. Bye forever. But even then, Tara's like always been an incredible musician, always been an incredible singer. I remember like wearing our little uniforms and like chilling, just like you'd just be doing harmonies. And I was just like, do people sing this? Can people sing this well in in real life? <laughs> oh shit. Tara, I'm ready. Let's let's tell some stories. There's three of us here. We'll all do our best, but let's start with you. What's a what's a story for us today? So as you said, been in Nashville. I'm originally from St. Louis. I've been here for about going on eleven years, which is wild. I'm only I'm only eighteen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was eight years old. I started. out. So moving in here, I was very much a naive. You know, I moved right after I turned twenty one. About a month afterwards, I made a few friends down here and. I'm just, I just decided to go. I had a guy offer me a position in his band and was like, if you want to come to Nashville, you know, I've got a spot for you. You'll make some money and just come figure it out. And I moved two weeks later with my car and my guitar and like a bag of shoes and made it work. But um, in that time span, I was here for a couple of years. I played mostly on Broadway, really just cutting my teeth, learning the ropes. I'd never really been on stage in that capacity. Um, never played guitar on stage or anything like that. And with that time, I started getting into the songwriter community, had written a handful of songs and it was time to, in my opinion, at the ripe age of whatever I was, 23 or 24, I was 
um, wanting to get in the studio. I was like, I want to start making my own music. I want to be my own artist and see, you know, what I can do. So I started asking around town, you know, who do you like? Where, what are, what's the money like? How does this happen? I just, I didn't know anything. Very naive. I walked into a bar called Music City Bar and Grill, which is in Opryland in Nashville. And it is known for being like a classic country, old school, true to the bone, honky tonk. Like if you look up a dictionary, if like the picture would be there. Um, yeah. And there was a guy on stage playing and he was phenomenal, incredibly talented musician. But And he was older. So he, if I was 23, he was probably 48 to 50 and um took a liking to me i'm going to say and shocker i am shocked <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was in a familiar place familiar faces and i knew the people in the crowd like it was a familiar place for me to be um but i had never met this gentleman before and he got off stage and kind of made chit chat and people around me which were as I'm sure Sarah will attest to, majority of the time we are surrounded by males. It's very few, few times do you actually have other females in the band or, right? Well, you know, I would say in the industry, it's females are more and more present these days. And so, you know, all the guys were just like, oh yeah, you know, he's great, he's great, love him, talented. All the guys said that, of course. Yeah, like he's a Grammy-nominated bluegrass player, producer, blah 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 blah. I didn't know much about. I loved listening to bluegrass, but I wasn't mm -hmm. in community in Nashville so just didn't know I was like that's cool you know so we just you know they take a break we chit chat have a drink he buys me a drink um nothing didn't feel weird at the moment so moving forward he invites me over to his house which is also his studio he's like hey come check the space out see if you like it I can show you some of the stuff that I've done you know you can meet some of the players come during a session you can see like the flow of how the studio works awesome thank you so much so amazing I, yeah. that's what an opportunity uh woo <laughs> Sarah. Ooh. <laughs> so I and please remember this is from the eyeballs of a naive 23 year old. So I I go and of course musicians up here, wonderful. The artist I met was a male and obviously had volumes to speak of who was <laughs> producing his album at the moment. And uh, I don't want to say his name because no, I, I'm not don't say any name. Can we just give him a name? Can we call him Bob? Let's call him Bob. Let's call him Sarah. You, Bob's good, right? Bob's good. Yeah. <laughs> so Bob, he's like, I hope you love the studio. I hope you had some time, you know, like, let's get a lunch together soon. And we can start, you know, kind of, he's like, let's sh show me some songs. You know, I'm going to introduce this person. And I have faith in you. I think you're, you know, I can see the artistry, which now looking back to me is, are we allowed to cuss? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious because he had never heard me sing. He had never heard any of my music. Like all he had done is like I took car that night and we had met. And I mean now granted we did have familiar people that sure. knew both so I'm sure as much as they were being like, Oh, he's great, Bob's great, they were also being like, Oh, Tara's great, you know. So yeah. we had that. You had a reputation, people knew your work. But also I would like to point out Sarah giving the strongest ju <laughs> judgmental side eye. Yeah. So like we start becoming buddies. I, you know, he starts coming to some of my shows downtown. He's bringing people he knows around. I'm going to say like higher, higher up in the industry, people to just be in the room with and rub elbows with. I didn't meet a couple, you know, other people's shows. National, there's always something to do. So there's always somewhere to go. If you're looking for it, you can find it. We ended up being around each other a lot. So then instincts kick in, right? And eventually I'm like, he's like 
smiling at me too hard. He's standing too close. He's like putting his hand on my back when he's introducing me to people. <laughs> yeah. And he's my dad's, you know, close to my oh. dad's age. But at the same time, at that age and surrounded by those people, you don't know. I personally, I can't speak for everybody, but my experience, I did not know how to approach the conversation. I didn't know how to look at him and go like, hey, I just want to like draw the line so we know not to be rude or make confrontation, but like, just, I don't want to lead you on. I don't want me to be led on. I don't want anyone to get a wrong picture. Like, I'm not here to be your side piece. <laughs> like, Wait, was he, was he married at the time? No, he wasn't married at the okay. time. It was like, he had just gone through his like fourth divorce. Oh, oh, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also there's like the awkwardness of here's a guy who's giving you a lot of opportunities. If you assume he's trying to get with you, that can be perceived as like rude. You don't want to be like, cause there, I mean, we know he wanted to get with you, but there's yeah. a chance he didn't. And if you're like, excuse me, sir, stop trying to hit on me. He's like, what are you talking about? You know, it's, yeah. it's tricky. It's really true. And like, you don't want to lose opportunity and you want it. You're taught to like, be like, you want to be like tactful. Ugh. Yeah. Especially I'm just like that age is just the, now that I'm 10 years older and I look back at it, you know, 11 years older, it's like, I look back and I'm God, how long have I been here? But I look back and I'm just like, I was so scared. Yes. I know I'm pretty, I know I'm talented, and I know that these people probably want more from me, but I don't have to. But how do I get further in my career without smiling at these people? Right. Sarah, Sarah what were you going to say? I was going to say it's, it's it's so funny because what you were talking about, like when a guy comes up to you and it's so obvious that they're like hitting on you or whatever, and they'll say something that's like slightly past the line of like, okay, now I need to draw the line, right? And be like, oh, well, I have a boyfriend. They're always like, well, that's not what my intentions were. Why do you women always think? And I'm like, bruh, bro, yeah. you touched my back. Like, you literally just could bend me over. What do you mean? No, <laughs> <laughs> you just tried to bend me over this bar. Like, <laughs> but like, basically, you know, I'm always like, uh, because of literally what you said. Okay, I don't know. I'm crazy. Y'all, this story gets wild. Okay, go. We're we're ready. Yeah. So I start getting the vibe right, and I'm riding this wave because I. I'm intimidated. I want to do the work. I want the music. I want to, do, you know, like I would need all of these things. I don't have expendable cash to just go hire a studio. It's like, I'm at the point in my career where it's like someone has to believe in me and help me because I don't have the money to do it for myself. So I'm riding this weird wave, right? He's like, I'm going to do these three songs for you. He introduces me to a guitar rep. I end up getting like a partnership with this guitar company. So I get these guitars which I needed. He was being really helpful, but he was also being incredibly inappropriate. Yep. You know, so it was this weird fucked upness of like, okay, well, like, he's really helping, but like, I really don't want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm vomiting in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and I know that's what it is. And you know, my, I'm trying to not portray that to my friends. So, like when we're in public, I'm like purposefully sitting like two chairs away. But as soon as it'd be like, he'd be like, oh, well, I'll drive you home. And it's like, oh, okay. Cause you can't be like, no. Cause I know him at this point. It would be weird not to tell your friend you, they can't drive you home. And you're like, I'm allergic. Oh. <laughs> I'm allergic to your car. You can't take me. Yeah. And it's like, but then you get to your house and it's like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Everybody knows the like the 30 seconds you arrive at the guy's house and you're getting out and you're like, 
please don't touch me. Please don't kiss me. Please don't hug me. I'm going to go as fast as I can to get out of this car. Please don't get out of the car. Please don't walk me to the door. Yeah. <laughs> please don't walk me to the door. He was always pushing that boundary. He knew that he had me. You know what I mean? Like he was a 50 fucking year old man. He knew exactly <sighs> what the f- doing. Every wife he had 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 been significantly younger than him. And I'm get, I'm going to get like angry thinking about it now. I haven't thought about this in a long time. Finally, things progress. We get this music done. Yes, I will admit I did kiss him. I did like there were like I played my part. I wouldn't I'll take the blame for that part. I did not look at him and say, hey, fuck off. Um, but eventually I did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we come to this agreement. He's like, you know, I believe in you. I want to help you. We do the three songs and I will to his regard. I would never take away somebody's talent. The songs were fucking phenomenal. They sounded amazing. It was beautifully done. They are gorgeous songs but when i got to my breaking point he started telling people that we were a couple we had never had that conversation had things happened sure so i have a girlfriend call me one day and she's like hey i just want you to know like this is what bob's like publicly stating to like people in our community and like you need to rein this in if that's not what that is because in the female world he doesn't have a great reputation and like, you don't really want to be connected with him. Damn. So not only was he saying you were together when you weren't, the idea of you two being together was probably damaging some of your relationships with other women because of how he treated women. Yes. And this is all new stuff because as I said, I wasn't in his world to begin with. Like I didn't know that community. I didn't know the bluegrass world. I didn't know the recording world. I didn't know, you know, I was just in my Broadway songwriter, small circle, little little 21 year old world 23 year old Mm -hmm. world and um so i was like okay so then i made the phone call and i haven't gotten my masters yet right he still has all the music i haven't received my music yet i've only had what we've worked on so i don't have my actual masters proper i don't think everybody knows what that means so you you do not have a copy of of the finished okay right so as you're recording, just like if we're focusing on one song, there will be v- several different versions of that one song before it is properly put a bow on it, send it to radio. And your master is your final copy that's like imprinted with a code that is has your name and a number and it's how you get paid off of spins. So like it's, it's the cake with cherry on top is your master. And you want to own your master. That is what like Taylor Swift's big thing with Scooter Braun of selling her catalog. That's because she no longer owned her masters is what was going on there. Or if she ever did, I don't know how it worked. But um, so he has my masters. He has these three songs. He has these masters. In our conversations of all of this, he never once spoke to me about money other than being like, I'm here to help you. I believe in you. Let's get these done. We can discuss this later if it's ever even a thing. That was the type of conversation, right? So I'm finally worked up about this other side of our relationship, quote unquote. So I'm like, hey, I, you know, finally I go over to his house and I'm like, I need to, we need to have a serious chit chat outside of music. Like I'm not comfortable with this. I'm comfortable. A lot of the things that have proceeded with us have been because of pressure and because of my inability to stand up for myself and my feeling intimidated and mind feeling like, you know, I did. I did things I do and that's honesty. And I, this is where I'm at. And you're 50 fucking years old. Why are you doing this to me? Well, and the dynamic of power is so off. Like we talk about it a lot. It's like when somebody has authority over you, power over you, opportunity, like 
it is that's why it's a problem like when a teacher and a student like it's because inherently there's a power dynamic where you are not able to make choices like as one normally would there's undue pressure and manipulation so it's like yeah, yeah no shit. like this guy had your life in his hands like your career your masters your opportunities like he has dangled the carrot of hey i can make you and it's like pretty much like i can make you famous you know i can do these things for you in the industry which like anybody starting out holy hell like that's what you need, right? Everybody needs opportunity. And for him to be like, but you have to let me creep on you. <laughs> and so he did not take the conversation well. He um, kind of turned into this like very dramatic, oh, can you say that? And you know, everything I've done for you. And you know, one of those moments. And I was like, what do you want? You know, like you're, you approached me. You asked me, you believed in me, you wanted me. I was like, I have not once asked for anything you have given me. I did not ask for any of this. This was all you moving it forward, you making the phone calls, you finding the players, you taking the time in the studio. It's your studio. Like, yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you want? To the point where I eventually to myself, I said, fuck the music. I don't even care about the three songs. I'll do whatever I need to do. Whilst dealing with him, I had two other girlfriends that I actually was close with, not just kind of random girls in the community, but two other girlfriends, like close girlfriends reached out and I had started to spread my side of the story. I'd started like telling when people would bring it up to me, I'd be like, oh no, 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 here's my side. And I had two close girlfriends who were like, he did the same exact thing to me. Like the same exact thing to the point and I had introduced him to one of my friends who wanted to be in the bluegrass community who is very much of that vein and music because I was like my songs are gorgeous like you guys need to get in with him you know like so she had started recording with him and then I felt responsible for her oh. I was like sis no like I I here's everything here's what happened here's how and then it was like two three days later I get a bill in my email for like it was like three grand a song and he expected oh. pay by like the end of the month. Oh, and so I, uh, I paid him because <laughs> I wanted my music because I also didn't want to be held responsible as someone who didn't pay their producer. Yes. I didn't want that under my name. Yeah, you know, Tara, yeah, great artist, but like, fuck, you know, left me high and dry. You know, I did all this work and all these hours and did this and that. But you know what? It has been how many years now? And I still adore those songs and I refuse to put them out because I don't want his fucking name attached to it. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't want to have to tell people what studio I was at. We had top class musicians on that thing, on all of them. One of them is a song I wrote about my mom passing. The other one is like my first heartbreak song. The song that I had for my mom, it's, I do, it is gorgeous. And I, I refuse to put it out. <laughs> That's for me, I guess. So I do end up paying him. I try to keep the waters cool. Like, okay, fuck it. You're paid. I got my music. We don't have to be in the same room anymore. I don't have to answer your phone calls. This man proceeds to drive to my apartment and he proceeds to sit outside of my house for an entire day to the point where like I closed my blinds, locked the doors and called my dad because I was like, this man won't leave. Like I didn't even want to get in my car and go because he would follow me. What? Yeah. What? Sat there outside of my house for hours, sending me Bibles of text messages, 
begging me to come outside, begging me to let him inside. Like, I mean, chaos. A 50 year old man is doing that. Yes. Respected producer in the music industry. Sarah thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I, this is the first time I'm hearing any of this. So like, this is crazy to hear. And it's not, it's not crazy in a sense. Like I don't believe it because these people are all over this community. Like, and it's sick and it, it makes me angry. Like Tara's one of my best friends, like, and she's such an amazing human being. And it pisses me off that there's predators out there that mask. I mean, literally this is so perfect for this show that mask themselves as these fucking nice guys that are here to help and believe in you. And then like, leave you totally questioning everything about yourself, I'm sure. And make you think, what's wrong with my judgment? Is nothing wrong with your judgment. It's that these people are sheeps in wolf or what? Wolves in sheep's clothing, yeah. It, it's And it's crazy that they get such this good reputation. Like, how do you shit on so many people? And I hate to say it, but like, especially back then, like you said, it really was like still a man's like world. So I feel like that's just they got away with so much. And obviously there's a lot of wonderful men, but there's a lot of ones that are like this. And it's just makes me very sad for you that that happened and happened to other women too. The crazier part to me through the whole experience was the people around us in the beginning that were like, oh yeah, like you are set. He's golden, Grammy nominated, Grammy award winning, you know, on multiple levels. Not only is he a great producer, he's a great player. He knows everyone. He's played for all these people. He's done all these projects. Like you are in good hands. And then when I started to be like, does anybody ever notice his anger issues? Everyone's like, oh yeah, like he's a fucking psychopath. And you're like, could have told me. <laughs> and now you're telling me he's a fucking psychopath with anger issues? That's alone with him. I was you're- literally late nights recording. Like, what is that's the thing though? It's like they facilitate a community of butt kissers. Yeah. Because everybody wants the benefits of their friendship. So then yep. everybody is like like, oh yeah, he's great, he's great. And then when you like crack that little bit in and you're like actually he's kind of a psychopath they're like oh yeah yeah he totally he's a psychopath but it's like yeah I, I think like as a woman like what he probably does to a man the the way a man can violate a woman is so much different we're like guys like go oh, big deal like so he's a little angry it's like yeah he was holding my songs like hostage for a bill yeah. I didn't ask for because he wanted to sleep with me. So he gave me all this stuff that I didn't know there was a price tag to. It's like, yeah. oh. Then he's outside of my house for hours. My dad finally was like, give me this fucker's number. And I was terrified to give my dad his number. So finally my dad was like, Tara, either you're gonna call the cops or I'm gonna call the cops. And I don't think you want me to be the one to call the cops. And I was like, Okay, so then I was like, hey, my dad said he's going to call the cops if you don't leave. And then what do you do? Left. Boop. Yeah. What a crazy motherfucker. And I've seen him, not recently, but we'll say from that time period, I saw him three years later somewhere. And you would have thought that, like, nothing ever happened between us. It was like, hey, girl, how are Uh you? See you on Facebook all the time. You're doing great. Like, good job with your music. And I'm just like. Because he's trying to save his his reputation right there. He's like, I know I did some fucked up shit to this girl. Hopefully she's not telling people this. Let me just make sure we're okay. Let me publicly look good right now. The amount of girls that I have since spoken with that have been like, 
have the exact same story with him. The exact same story. I mean, like copy paste. That's yeah. crazy. That's the other yeah. thing too, Tara. It's like, I, I, I know you're talking about like, oh, I was so young. I was so this, you know, but you also have to recognize like this guy was skilled at this. Like this guy did the same routine with all of these, regardless of your age, like this yeah. guy had practice. Like this wasn't like, I'm so surprised. What? Like she thought that this was a gift. No, of course yeah. I expected the bill was coming. Like this is something he did regularly and was manipulative on purpose. All of this was pre-planned. All of this he did full, fully knowing how you would react and what was expected and the pressure. Like, yeah, predators yeah. are different, man. Like, I don't. It, that's like being like, oh well, I was in the ocean. <laughs> Great white shark attacked me. I guess I shouldn't have swam. You know, it's like it's a shark. Like, it's gonna get you. You know, like that guy was. <laughs> if you're like, oh, silly me and my swim patterns. Like, nah. <laughs> guy sucks yeah yeah oh, he does girl suck. yeah and that's just one of them <laughs> wow yeah yeah oh. but, but spice for you that probably makes a lot more sense and who i am and why i haven't reached out for help with people because that was my first experience and that's why i've damaged my voice so many times being like no i'll do it on my own this makes complete sense now. Yeah. Like you were, I mean, you were literally traumatized. Yeah. And it's it. like, I've never, I don't really talk about the story much. And I always thought it was because I was embarrassed, but honestly, I think it's more so because like, it really fucked me up. Yeah. Like actual damage. <laughs> They're like, it's like, it really made me, I was like, well, I will like, this is, no one can help me. I will not. And I, I'm, older now i feel like especially with this music and you know my story thus far but like now i'm i'm just now at the point where i'm willing to open up the idea of help because i'm grounded in who i am and i would never let that happen again but it took 10 fucking years yeah and i feel like it's finally like getting a circle of people that like you feel like you can trust yeah and that around you that are also going to protect you and look out for you you know it, it's nice when you start to feel security just within your circle too you know yeah like i would i would bite someone's head off if they ever tried <laughs> full philly <laughs> full philly coming out Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy how it impacts women. And then he probably is just doing the same shit, you know, like, I hope in like, you know, whatever, five, 10 years that when these things are out, yeah, I like, I hope that we get to the point where like, we don't feel like a ta like Taylor Swift dropping that Kim Kardashian thing in her time, you know, in her time, uh, interview yes. where she dropping names off the right doesn't give a hoot. No, as a gender as a whole, I hope we get to the point where we have enough weight that dropping the names is necessary mm -hmm. you know and it's not yeah. like oh, happened and i still don't want to say the name because i still have to protect myself and i still don't want it to be involved or be a thing or hurt me now i hope that that's not a thing in a at some point in human history <laughs> i get it fingers crossed <laughs> okay gals we're getting closer <laughs> closer <laughs> take off those apron strings we'll get there <laughs> Get out of the kitchen, ladies. Drop those sandwiches. We're getting rights. <laughs> Sarah, tell us your your story. Let's jump into that. Okay, yeah. So 
Um, mine's rather quick, but it definitely was something that shaped me and the way I am now. So again, when I first moved to Nashville, I was super, you know, I, I'd been doing this like back at home. I've been doing music since I was like four because my dad's a musician too. So I've been doing it for a long time, but I always had my dad doing the business end of things for me and making sure I was protected and that people weren't taking advantage of me. So when I finally moved to Nashville, here we are on our own, no fucking idea what I'm doing. And I was like, oh shit, like I thought I knew what I was doing, but there's so much to the business side, right? And just like Tara, I, I'm very much like, I'm a people pleaser, like through and through. I never want to hurt someone's feelings. I never want to make someone uncomfortable, even if that means that I'm uncomfortable to save them from being uncomfortable, right? Same. (laughs) Tara has gotten with it though. And I'm so thankful for Tara because sometimes Tara has to like check me. She's like, Spice, Mm -mm, Mm -mm. this is not like this person's taking them in. You know, so I've learned a lot from Tara, honestly, and in the best way possible because she does it with such grace still. Like there's a way to go about it. Um, but anyway, so I just moved here and I'd gotten with, um, I had an investor, you know, we, we had like a label and the investor and the label owner, amazing, amazing, wonderful, wonderful. Um, but there was someone, uh, a male that was, um, that came to us and, seemingly had like good intentions like you know oh I think she's great believed in me and all this and then all of a sudden it was like what can we change about her though and I was literally told to lose like 15 to 20 pounds and dye my hair blonde from like where I am now right and I was like are you supposed to be dead like a skeleton like oh my god like okay like to be fair yes I was a little bit heavier than I am now like but I didn't think I I never had I I never had body image issues like literally ever like and this is now that I look back I'm like oh my gosh that is where it started like it's been so bad since then and it's crazy because before that I didn't think of any of this shit like I didn't look at myself and be like oh you're too heavy I didn't look at my brown hair and be like oh you gotta be blonde to be taken seriously you know like I didn't think of any of that and even in this moment like and the the other person I was working with was like, I don't agree with them, but they were also kind of new to the industry too. They were like, but this person, this guy was very big in the industry, like with a huge, huge label, very high up. So we were like, oh, I guess we got to like listen to this person, you know, like, and I wasn't even combative about it. Like, I was just like, okay, whatever you need me to do, like so willing to like change anything, which is so shitty. Like, you should never have to change who you are, what you look like, right? Like your right. talent is, that's all that really should matter. Like you're, you're wonderful enough. You're beautiful in the way you are. And so I went on this like crazy, crazy diet. Like I think I was having 800 calories a day on the, on the, on the big days. The other oh. days were where I was consuming no calories. Fasting. Yes. And on top of this, the most vigorous, insane workout I've ever done in my life every single day. So basically, I mean, I was actually completely starving my body without without knowing. Like I was starving myself, but thinking it was okay because this is what I was told to do, you know? Like, but I look back and I'm like, 
dude, that's crazy. Like I was getting no nutrients. I was burning probably like a thousand fucking calories and not even consuming that amount, you know? So like I literally lost, I, if I could show you guys pictures, like I look sick. Like I look back at these pictures and I'm like, holy shit. I quite literally look like a skeleton. Like it's disgusting. And that where I was, you know, praised the most is when I looked like that. And when I had my blonde hair, I fucking destroyed my hair. My hair was completely dead. Finally, I got to the point where I was like, no, I'm dying my hair back. I'm fucking, I'm chopping it off. And I mean, now you can't see it now, but my hair is super, super long. Like it it, it grew back and I kept my natural hair and I, I put, the weight back on and now recently i have lost some weight but that's because my gallbladder is fucked up (laughs) (laughs) something else entirely yeah something else entirely but like throughout those years i've really like questioned myself i was like am i not good enough in this like business because i don't look a certain way or i'm too heavy like i started to seriously get major body image issues like to where i was literally probably having body dysmorphia like And I still struggle with that. I've gotten better, but I'd be lying if I said that doesn't still exist. Like even just stupid things now, like I think because of that, like I'll see like, you know, little like lines and I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes me ugly. And that's like, no, no, it doesn't. Like, but these were things I thought of until that instance. And I'm like, holy shit, like that really fucked me up. Like I never thought of those things. I always thought I was like worthy. And then all of a sudden, because of this, like I wasn't, you know, but it took me years to get to a place where I was like, no, you are fine just the way you are. And so like, I'm huge on like preaching that too now. And I like, I'll make posts about it every now and then. And like showing that picture of when I was ridiculously thin and like, I've kind of brushed up on this story before and like talked about it, like on social media, like, because I think it's important for like, everyone like you know men included but like obviously it really does happen primarily towards women i mean you never really hear about anyone in the industry being like oh you should you know what i mean like hey bro you gotta dye your hair blonde yeah Yeah. even in your like the genre of music that you both do because i (laughs) stalk your social media now uh it's like look at the men (laughs) where's the women where's the women on the charts they're not there (laughs) but also like they they're like a lot of them are like there's heavier men there's like huskier men like none of them are like the picture of like model like oh my god guess what it doesn't make them any less talented like they're fucking amazing right and honestly i think it like they look cool the way they are just be you and like your talent is going to speak for itself and And honestly, I know this sounds so cliche, but like, it really is about who you are as a person. Like your inner beauty is so much more important than what's on the outside. Like, that's not what people are going to remember. People aren't going to remember like, oh yeah, she was a really pretty girl. Like, no, people are going to remember what, what good you put out into the world. That's what people are going to remember. So like. And also like your body is your instrument. Like if you are unwell, if you're starving yourself, like. They're killing your, it's like taking your guitar and slamming against the wall. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's ins- uh, That's awful. I'm so sorry that happened to you. There's never good enough. The bar's always moving. And it's just like, you just have to be different. You just have to weigh less. You have to be blonde. You have to like, it is never, ever enough. They have to change you and make you feel, I, I almost feel like the point is that you feel 
like you're not enough. Even the bars that we worked in, you know, I've been in four bars in downtown Nashville where the owners have like specifically called thicker women out by their name and been like, you cannot get back on my stage until you lose 30 pounds. And meanwhile, you've got Bill Blow over here who's 300 pounds and his pants don't button. And they're like, oh, God send voice from God. He's Jesus. That's insane that that's still happening. That is a true story that I watched happen 45 times over again. Like, I'm not kidding. If any type of actual media genuinely saw how some of these bars run and how they keep their talent, how they treat their talent, it's a complete fear-based company. And it's all that, oh, well, you know, we can take it away from you. So you're going to do what we say and you're going to do it for pennies and you're going to do it with a smile. And if you don't, there's a 17 year old over there who's skinny and blonde and we'll do it for free. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. And not every bar, by no means am I throwing blankets, but it is a large majority down there that that is a very true story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, my God. I Like, I'm so full of rage, and I just, like, stunned. I know. I just, it, it's like the power tripping is unbelievable. It's like yeah. that half of this, I think, is just men being like, oh, I have opportunities. I can say whatever I want and do whatever I want and all this stuff I have against women. Guess what? You get to be the victim of that. And, like, they have women in positions where they're like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Pay my bill, starve. What should I do? What should I do? A bunch of shit because where else do we go? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I will say it's been really cool to watch. I would say maybe specifically over the last two to three years, the change. I Like I really do feel I see growth in those areas, business side, label side, management side, or it's bar side or it's songwriter side or producer side. And I don't know if it's because of I'm getting older, so I'm, I'm picking my surroundings more. I'm more careful in whose circle I enter and whose room I walk into. So I'm in better places. I would agree with that for sure, because I feel like. I feel like over, like you said, over the past like few years, like I feel so respected and I feel like they really care about our time and our talent. And I've just, it's, it's a nice place to be. It really is to feel like genuinely like equivalent to everyone else and that our, our time and our talent is appreciated and it means a lot. Yeah. That's something that I, when I sit down and I listen to you go back home and you're with your friends from high school in comparison spice i i don't know about your friends from or who you you know communicate with back home but those who i say like kind of took the normal path those who went to college and they have their nursing degree and they you know work the day shift and they've got their three kids and their husband and their husband you know works at the bank and they've got nice cars and like those those people who did that route speaking with them and when they speak of like their woes in the workplace i'm just like that sounds like you're just worried about wearing jeans on a Friday. <laughs> you know, like, so no one's cussed you out before. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so you, they don't make you take less clothes on and lose weight? Like, what? They haven't yeah. picked her up for you yet? <laughs> so true. Oh, shit. Well, I would love 
to hear just like a little bit about your music, both of you, what you both have coming out. Like, I want to hear it all. I don't know. Uh, Sarah, do you want to start and then we'll kick it back to Tara? Yeah. So um, I'm getting ready to release uh, a new song, actually. It's called Karma. And well, Karma's a bitch. We love that. Uh, <laughs> we already did the music video for it. So I think the release date's going to be towards like the middle of January. And I'll probably release both at the same time. So I'm really excited about releasing that. And then um, honestly, just getting ready to really tour. Like that's, I know Tara as well. Like that's what we're primarily focusing on this year is just how much can we tour doing our own original music, you know? Like, and these are the down months. So, you know, we're playing downtown, paying the bills, whatever. And, you know, we appreciate getting to do that, obviously for a living, it's beautiful. Um, but we're to the point where we're like, we want other people in the world to hear who we are. So that's definitely what we're focusing on is um, uh, just just touring this upcoming spring and summer. That's my main focus, getting as many festivals, some cool opening slots. I just want to do my music. You know, I've done the cover scene for a very, very, very long time, basically my whole life. This past summer is the first glimpse of that that I got getting to do my original stuff. And it was really, really fun. So that's what we're focusing on this year that's incredible i and tara i know you've talked to we before, before we were recording we talked a little bit about your music as well so uh what do you have coming up yes yeah, so i just finished um my first real full-length album i have spent the last three years of my life and every penny i have um on these nine songs um i'm gonna start releasing in january as well um and i'm gonna release them one at a time i'm not gonna drop the album all at once a little bit um like blowing a load at one time. I just, I just don't do it. So um, yeah, I'll start releasing in January and Sarah and I are working really hard on gathering all of our content um, just to keep, to have the visuals to go with the music. Um, I'm filming a music video coming up here pretty soon and a live recording and just trying to line up all of my visual content to make sure my music's got a little backer to land on. I'm so proud of both of you because like, I think it is very... Well, it's not easy to be as talented as you are. That, that's not what I mean. But like you could fall back, right? And do covers and just do that. And because that, I mean, I'm sure you, you both do well. But like the fact that you're actually, you know, standing true to your artistry and your talent and what you specifically bring to the world. Like, I think that's really incredible and amazing. Um, I've heard both of you. Well, <laughs> Tara, I've heard you sing many times. But <laughs> back in high school. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, you both are such uh, incredibly talented artist. So I, I'm really looking forward to hearing more from you. Uh, how can people besides me hear from you? Yeah. Um, any, anywhere you look on social media, my handles at I am and my last name F I S or I am Fister. Um, for all my music stuff, it's I am com slash links and you can, uh, yeah. Stalk me for the love of God. Stalk me. <laughs> <laughs> For the one time I'm asking, this yes. is fine. This is mutually beneficial. Yes. Sarah, how can they find you? Yeah. And then for me, um, it's just Sarah Spicer. I think on yeah Instagram and Facebook, it's Sarah Spicer Music. And there's no H on Sarah or you'll get another singer from um, New Zealand. So don't do that. <laughs> I mean, they're like, she's so different than the podcast. Don't hurt her as well. But yeah. 
just S-A-R-A-S-P-I-C-E-R. And YouTube, just Sarah Spicer. So if you type, if you type that in anywhere, it should come up. I also on my Instagram, I have like a link tree thing that links everything and you know, yeah. check out Spotify. We got music out. So all of that means a lot. Yes. And y'all post a lot of content together on TikTok that yeah. I've seen. Come on, on our TikTok. <laughs> Come on, on our TikTok. I'm I'm like, I'm playing on my on the TikTok. Tiki I think I've called it the old Tiki Taki before on here. And I was like, oh my God. Like goodbye. <laughs> Bye me. Yeah. Signing off. <laughs> oh shit. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Please check out their music. They are both incredibly talented. And then together the harmonies. <laughs> Whale shit. Uh, <laughs> but please, I'm going to put their links in this episode description. Please check out their music. They are both truly incredible uh be looking out for what's coming from them their content their albums their playing places just be on the lookout for all of it uh thank you so much for listening to today's episode make sure to check out our patreon and as always my friends f the nice guy